Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. As I began to spend a little bit of time this week, I, we finally got moved and we had a 500 things going on at one time and I don't know how much time I spent at home, but I'm sure it was minimal <laughs> with everything going here and there and everywhere, but we, we finally got moved in and pretty much set up. But I began to think about where we're headed as a people. I began to look forward into this new season, this new year of 2023. And I know some see it as a fresh start. Wow, I'm going to start all over. And they make all these New Year's resolutions and all these changes that they want to make in, in their life and stuff like that. But yet there are other people that just see it as another day. Uh, it's January 1st. My check should be in the mail tomorrow. If you collect Social Security or get retirement pensions, it's, it's coming. So you begin to think about those things and, and you really don't begin to focus on the new year. But sometimes I think we need to take a look at things a little differently. We need to we need to focus on things a little differently. As we know that when we come to Jesus Christ and we confess him as our Savior, there's this new birth. And a new birth is a time to begin to look at things new. It's a good time to become aware of personal sin. Matter of fact, Paul tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. A new year, people are making these resolutions. I think the best resolution anyone can make or is, to, is to try to live closer to the Lord. To have a closer walk with the Lord. To spend more time in the Word of the Lord. I think that's a great New Year's resolution. I don't know about the losing weight, going to the gym, all these other things that people talk about. You know, gym membership in, in January is the highest it ever is throughout the whole year. You know that? Everybody wants to lose weight. Everybody wants to get physically fit. Well, I got a solution for them. Don't get unphysically fit last year. You won't have to worry about getting physically fit this year. That solves the whole issue, right, Jack? I mean, <clears throat> works for me. It's a good time to believe that God loves us. People have just come through what they call the psychologist and mind people, whatever they're called, shrinks, whatever, say it's the most lonely and depressing time of the year. And I thought, well, what happens to the rest of the year? I mean... They might be alone during Christmas and New Year's, but aren't they generally alone pretty much the whole year long? So what makes this any different than that? Because there's a more emphasis, a more focus on the birth of Christ. There's a more focus on families getting together and, 
and people spending time together. So, so there is that more sense of isolation, if you will. Paul tells us in Romans 5, 8, but God commanded his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This was not a resolution that the Lord made for us. This was a sacrifice that the Lord made for us that we could be closer to him. A good time to respond to receiving Christ as their Savior. Paul talks about that as well in Romans 9, or in Romans 10, 9 and 10. So where does all this lead? When we begin to focus, where does all this lead? Well, we see in Rome in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not bear under the power of any. Now, if you turn now real quickly, I'm going to read something also in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 23. Notice what he says here as well. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify not. Now, he kind of says the same thing. Where do these things lead? How do I please the Lord in my daily living? But better yet, where do I draw the line for the new year? You see, I think that's what we should ask ourselves. Where do we draw the line in the new year? Well, first of all, I think we need to draw a line on anything that is not expedient. Paul reminds us that the Christian life is a new life. He says in verse 11, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by that spirit of our God. Such as were some of you. In other words, some of you were not this way, but you may have slipped away. You may have fallen back, but some of you were this way. You were washed and set apart. Made just in God's sight. What happened to the Christian life? What happened to us being set apart? What happened to us being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? We don't talk about those things. We don't act upon those things. We don't look upon those things as we used to. All things are lawful. Not, we're not saved by keeping the law. We're saved because Jesus Christ went to the cross for our sins. But yet some people try to make salvation so hard and so not understanding, if you will. They, they try to put markers on it. Well, I, I really want to be saved, but, 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 you know, the Lord just doesn't, he doesn't want to take up this. I've got too many issues. I've got too many things going on. And there are some things in my past I just know he just, he just can't, he won't, get, he won't be able to get past that. 
But he says he forgives all sin. Not some, not just a few things, but all things. And see, I think we as a body of Christ, we need to begin to, to, to shed all of the sin that's in our life. And we need to lay it all at the feet of Jesus. We need to surrender everything about us. You see, all things are not expedient. Expedient means that which helps us along. Not all things contribute to Christian growth. Did you know that? Some people would want to think it is, but it's not. When people think about they're growing, they're moving forward, a lot of people say, well, if I do this, well, will this make Christ love me more? Will this enable me to serve Christ more effectively if I do this? Not necessarily. You see, it's all about you. It's all about the heart of you and where you're willing to serve and what you're willing to do. But it really comes down to, am I willing to surrender my life to Christ? You see, I think a, a New Year's resolution of growing close to the Lord, getting to know who the Lord Jesus Christ is and, and how he's impacted my life and what he's done and how he has changed me will help me to reach out to others and change others through the power of Jesus Christ. It can't be through the power of Bob Collins. It can't be through the power of Jack Miller. It has to be through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us have our own way of thinking. And I'm going to tread lightly here. Because some ways of thinking aren't exactly good. I've heard a few things. I've seen a few things. I've witnessed a few things from some. And believe it or not, in the body of Christ here. Which has kind of scared me. And I begin to pray and ask the Lord, did I say something wrong in the pulpit the other day? Because what I'm hearing is not what I'm believing and not what I'm reading and not what I'm seeing. And it just, this is scary. So Christ has to show me. See, I can't, I can't lean upon self to do anything. I have to lean upon the Lord Jesus Christ for everything. Even when it comes to his word. I mean, when, when I come in here on Sunday morning and, and I set my notes up and I begin to look at my notes, the first thing I ask the Lord Jesus Christ is, are you sure this is it? He's not a guy who changes his mind. Because sometimes what I put down on paper is not exactly what God wants on paper. And he's, he showed me that many times. No, oh, no, no, we're not going here. We're going to go here. I, but Lord, I, I studied this and I spent all this time doing this and everything's nice and set out and everything's nice and neat and orderly and, and, and I know you're a God of order and, and everything looks really nice and I, I really like how this feels. And he'll say, yeah, but that's, that's, that's not where we're going. This, this, is what I want you to, this is what I want you to share. Well, Lord, I haven't studied that yet. I haven't even 
understood that. I haven't even began to process that yet. And then he begins to remind me, who's, now who's this, who's this about again? You, you always tell me it's about me and not you. But now you're trying to make it about you and not me. And then I have to change my whole attitude. And everything gets changed. And I have to, I, I have to rely on the power of the Holy Ghost in order to move forward, in order to even share the word of God. Sometimes I get up here and I'm nervous as I can be. <coughs> I would say this. Most of the time, probably 90% of it, I'm nervous. Because I'm like, God, these guys know the Bible better than I do. Why do you want me to share it with them? <clears throat> I don't want to get one word wrong. And then he reminds me, well, then don't count on yourself. Lean on me. Lean on his understanding and his ways. But I also think we need to draw the line on anything that enslaves. There is a wonderful freedom in Christ. Now, I feel like I'm, I'm preaching to the choir this morning. Okay, because I know all of you this morning here, you, you lean upon the Lord. You know what it is to have freedom in Christ. All things are in my power, but I will not be overpowered. You see, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things through Christ because we lean upon him for his power and his ability to do the things that we do every day. Even getting up and simply tying your shoe. You say, oh, Pastor, that's silly. Am I being silly? I've seen people get up one day and be able to tie their shoes, and the next day the Alzheimer's kicks in, and they don't even know what a shoe is. So I have to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, it sounds a little weird, but, but it's, it's a real phenomenon today. All things permitted, but money is lawful. But I will not be under its power. You know, some people, they, they got to have more, 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 they got to have more. And it's like, well, how much is enough? Well, when I have a little more. Well, how much is a little more? Well, when I get a little more. You know, people say that money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. I love it when my family said, well, they say the love of money is the root of all evil. No, 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 you got that wrong. It's the love of it. It's, I got to have it. I need more of it. I can't be satisfied until I until I have more. And it's sad to see people live under that kind of oppression where money controls everything that they do. You see, my feeling is I get up in the morning and say, okay, Lord, what is it, what's going to happen today? The Lord says, you have not because you ask not. Well, what exactly does that mean? It doesn't mean, well... I don't have a Cadillac because I forgot to ask the Lord for it last night. You know, when I get up in the morning, I don't have a relationship with the Lord if I don't wake up and say, Lord Jesus, take control of me today. 
Lord, have your way with me today. Now be careful. Some of you say, well, that sounds really great, Pastor. And you can get up and you can have that great attitude and that great smile on your face. And you can go out into society and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you go out there and the first thing that happens is you get rear-ended by another car, an uninsured motorist who's an illegal immigrant. Then you're like, what kind of country we got here? What's going on? I just can't understand this. I've been witnessing with a girl who's going through a very difficult situation in her life. I'm not afraid to tell you, it's my niece. And she began to pour into me and telling me about how bad things are and I don't understand why do, why do soldiers have to go through these kind of things and why do we have to face these kind of battles and she was going on and on and on. And she said, can you explain that to me? I said, I certainly can. For once, I have an answer for you. She said, yeah, what? I said, get out your Bible. Two things in there about your situation. She said, yeah, what? I said, life. But the biggest thing of all, it says, it rains on the just and the unjust. She said, what does that mean? I said, it happens, bad happens to this. The saved and the unsaved. But I didn't ask for it. I said, who does? I said, Did you, do I get up in the morning and say, oh, Lord, please let everything bad happen to me today. And I'll wear it with a smile. No, we don't do that. We don't get up asking for the worst of the worst. But when you get up and ask that the Lord's will be done in you, it's almost saying the same thing. Because you're going to be open to whatever God brings your way. And it might not be something that's going to bring a smile to your face. But in every circumstance, count it joy. You hear me? In every circumstance, count it joy. So if the bad stuff comes, right? Come on. Let's see them. We're up. Come on, everybody. We're, there we go. Ah, it's looking better in here. Smiles all the way across the room. Why? Because we count it all joy. Joy brings a smile. Not when that guy rear-ended me, I wasn't smiling. No insurance. Now, my insurance has to pay for it. And I got to do this. I got to do that. You don't have to do anything. But serve the Lord Jesus Christ with your whole heart. Let the insurance companies worry about the rest. Bad situations happen to godly people. But count it all joy. Recreation is lawful, but I'm not going to let it be my master. I'm not going to let it take me from here when I have an opportunity to be with God's people, bringing God's word. I don't want to let... A baseball game or a football game or a soccer game or a hockey game or all those other things I like to watch. Keep me from coming together and being with God's people. I find that even more joyful. Even when you're 
not at your best. I'm going to tread lightly there too. Political power is lawful. But we can't let it rule us. You see, a lot of people go by the way of the political realm and what's right and what's wrong. You know, you always hear people say, well, this is politically correct and this is politically incorrect. And my speaking is not always politically correct. I'll just tell you straight up. Ain't nobody made fun of my language this far. And sometimes people say, what? My wife can always tell when I'm talking to my sister. She knows it instantly. My voice to her changes. My attitude changes. Everything about me changes when I'm talking to her. Because it relates to her. And I can have her laughing. She can call me in a, a hysterical mess. Just everything's falling apart in her life. And by the time I get her off the phone, she's laughing so hard, she says she has to hang up because she's going to wet herself. Now, I don't know if I was supposed to put that on there. Sorry. Oops. Sorry, folks. I forget this thing's recording sometimes. <laughs> Ooh, <me> hi. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You have a sense of bringing joy to a world that is hurting and lost and, and confused and un, unsure of where they're heading. Your joy can bring a spiritual lift to their life because they want what you got. They want that joy unspeakable and full of glory. What a, that is the greatest gift you can give somebody this year. That, that overwhelming desire to make people happy. I'm happy today. But I want to be happy every day. Is it possible to be happy every day? Nee. But it's what I'm working toward. Because I want to please my Lord Jesus in every aspect of my life. And if that means I have to be happy every day, I'll be happy every day. Even if that means like this afternoon, I got to go home to this place that we just got. And I got to change that thing that's under the sink. You know, that thing you shove stuff down in the sink and you turn it to the switch on and, go, <laughs> and eats everything up. Yeah, that thing. It's called a badger or something or other. I discovered last night it doesn't work anymore. It gave up the ghost already. I think it doesn't like me anymore. I don't understand. I reached under there and there's this little red button. You're supposed to push this little red button. It's supposed to start, right? So I did that. It didn't work. I'm like, I don't understand. It looks new. Oh, but the former owners left me all the manuals to everything in this whole house. So I went and I started going through the door. And guess what I found? I found the warranty, the little badger irrigator thing under the sink. They installed that thing in 1998. <laughs> I don't think it's under warranty anymore. They had a great cleaning lady because she had that thing. That thing looks new under there. 
But I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to go get that fixed. I'm noticing the sink as I'm running water, the sink's rising and rising and rising. The water's not going down, down, down like it's supposed to. I turn that thing on, it just goes, hmm. I said, well, I guess that's froze up. So I went and grabbed the plunger, and the sink went, and all the water disappeared. But you know what? At least I know what I got to do. They even left the tool in that little box so I could take it off to go get a new one. How kind of them. I'm going to ask for a refund. Church, I think we need to draw the line on anything that does not edify. Pastor, what are you talking about? Not all things build up. We have this thing in our mouth called a tongue. And it has this nasty habit of tearing down and not building up. It has this habit of cutting to the marrow. Who are we to be building up? Well, in context, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We should be building one another up. We should be edifying each other and and helping each other, building up the body of Christ together. We should be encouraging one another always. But do we as a body of Christ continue to build up the, the church body? I got some surprises this year that have really encouraged me in ways that you probably don't even know. To receive a gift that you didn't feel you deserve or you don't feel like, I don't know how to even say it, because I'm, I'm not a good receiver. I'll just be straight up. I'm just not a good receiver. But, but, I, but I received a gift this year that just, from a person I, one didn't expect. And, but it was, a, it, it was a gift that moved me more than words could tell you. And, and it, was, it was needed. But I didn't think it would come the way it came. I looked at that and I said, this is what God talks about when he talks about building up the family of God. You see, I don't mind giving. I don't have a problem giving. I give my, I give my last penny a lot of times to different things and just wait to figure out what's going to happen and God always works it out. But, but to, be in a, to be in that side of it And to receive, it's like, this is what it's like to encourage the body of Christ. This is what it's like to lift up the the whole body. Not just two or three, but the whole body of Christ. You see, we, how do I put this? If we're not encouraging one another, then we have to figure out what's missing in our own life that we're not encouraging one another. 
Something's missing. There's the, the math doesn't add up, you know, two and two is four. But if there's something missing, we try to make two and two to come up to five or six. But with, that, with the numbers missing, you can't add up to the numbers that you need. So, so we have to search our lives. We have to figure out what's missing in here that we're not edifying one another, that we're not building up the body of Christ. I think there is a threefold test we all do, need to do to stay in this new year. And I think there's three questions that I believe that we should probably ask ourselves even this morning. And what I'm doing, and what I'm believing, and what I'm seeing, and how I'm living, does it help me along in my Christian life? Will it allow me to remain free or will it become my master? And does it build up others? You see, I believe when we begin to ask ourselves this threefold test, you begin to ask yourself these questions. You can, you can then, I believe, effectively search your Christian life, your Christian walk, your own personal life, and you can see what in my life needs to be changed. I think God can show you what needs to be changed so that you can become that edifying builder-upper of other Christians. The things that will help you along in your Christian walk. See, I think we need, to, we need to know what those things are. I like to ask the Lord every day, Lord, am I doing the best that I can for you? Some people say, well, you don't need to ask the Lord that. I do, because I want to know if I'm, if I'm being the most effective that I can be for him. Sure, I could be the most effective I want for me if I wanted to live the way the world directs, but I don't want to live the way the world directs. I want to live the way God directs and what he tells me to do. A Christian man wrote this. Whatever cools off my, my affections towards Christ is of the world. Whatever cools off my affections towards Christ is of the world. There's another quote. Anything that dims my vision of Christ or takes away my yearning for a Bible study or in campus or, 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 or cramps my prayer life or makes my Christian walk more difficult is wrong for me. You see, I think when we begin to examine ourselves and we begin to just think on even those two quotes, we begin to see how much we love Jesus Christ and how much we want to please Him in every aspect of our life. You see, church, I think we, I think we need to search ourselves and I think we need to draw that line and say, where do I stand with the Lord Jesus Christ right now? What in my life needs to change 
now. You see, we can all reflect back to the story where the woman was brought out and she was going to be stoned. And, and Jesus, he got down and he drew this line in the sand and he began to write some things. And then he looked at her and he looked at them and he said, he without sin cast the first stone. Well, notice they all dropped their stones and walked away. And he, then he looked at her and said, where are thine accusers? You see, I think we, begin to, we need to draw that same kind of line. You see, the accuser to us is the enemy. And he has a way of bringing up some of the worst things that you've ever been through to your remembrance. To try to make you doubt your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. To make you doubt where you should be with him. But I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus says, count it all joy. And every time I open up the word of God, every time I get to pray, every time I get to spend time with him, I count it joy. Every time I don't have time to stop and to pray, every time I run into a problem, every time I have a difficulty that rises up like an irrigator, I count it joy. Because that's all I know how to do. Because that's what God has taught us to do. To count it all joy. God sent his only begotten, little Jesus, to grow as a man, to die on the cross for each one of us in this room. He understands where your heart is. And he knows where your life is. It's time for us to say, Lord, we serve you. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege of coming this year into this new year and being able to spend it with you the first day to spend it with you, knowing that you, Lord Jesus, have, have done all for us and that you continue to move for us. Lord, I pray this year, let things change for us. Let us become bold, edifying believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin to share the word of God to those who don't know. Let us begin to share the word of God through the smiles that we will carry on our faces because, Lord, no matter what the world is like, we, we still count it joy. Help us to be that joyful person that people will want to know. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for this that we ask today in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen.